Welcome to the Fair Chase Podcast. It's like, yeah, it's going to be physically it's hard, suck, but it's also like the best. Later on, that's the story you tell. I got a new strategy. It's, you just go kind of lick your finger a little bit like this. Aim high, play the wind. And then you aim high, you play the wind. It's a new aiming technique that I'm working on. You brought this up. Yeah. It's because you had target panic so bad. Yeah, I didn't have it so bad. Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars, spotting scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality sweaters and hoodies, t-shirts, hats. Yep. Uh, You can save yourself 20% on that stuff. Buy. It's a new code. The code TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year, we're going to be running the Mission Platform or the EDP Platform, depending, and uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah. Nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability on that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime the bow that got me to switch back i think i feel like i got you to switch back you did but but i like but it was it's a big because part. of prime shootability shooting your bow their accuracy uh, we're big fans of prime they're michigan company jared's shooting the nexus four. four i'm shooting the nexus two this year go check them out g5prime.com jim and georgia from bivouac bow co make some beautiful bows everything from three-piece takedowns to one-piece wood bows uh, everything's really beautiful Made in Michigan. Go check them out. Bivouacboco.com. We uh, we're big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot, and Jared you do tend o- to get lost. J- a lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> this is an awesome platform. We know the guys. They're local here in Grand Rapids, and you can actually download other apps, stand locations, plot locations, whatever pins that you have. You can download them onto the HuntWise platform, so you're not. You can, give you it a try. can just hit the ground. And you're not losing your research. Yeah. So go check this app out, HuntWise.com. You know, I was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with Vector, and like I had to shoot a different arrow, would I shoot Vectors? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah. I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there your draw length, draw weight, and I think your tip weight. Your tip weight, and they have a – And then you customize the whole thing. And you they can do it right tip, online. cut, and everything. You don't have to mess with the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out, VectorCustomShop.com. For 10% off your order at checkout, use TFC10. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. Hey, Jared up idiots how's it going i'm good really really glad to see you again what uh joe you gotta tell me what'd you get for idaho nothing not a thing no i didn't so idaho is the last couple years for me has been just kind of like a if i get one that i'm interested in i'll go for it if not then i'll put back in for montana and then sometimes there's some stuff left over in june but my backup this year for elk, if I don't get Montana, which one of these years I'm not going to because I've gotten it three freaking years in a row, is uh, Colorado this year. Colorado elk? Yeah. Wait, okay. Wait, for archery? I mean, James is stunned right now. I No, I just – I've gotten – Colorado was not good to me the two times that I went. So the one time that I hunted in Colorado, I saw one other hunter. and it Really? Were, 
a, one other pair of hunters and it was two Amish guys from New Hampshire and they were packing out like a 340 bull. So oh, you, Amish guys get it done though. They really do. I don't know what it is about them, but they like they had blue jeans and uh, whatever the first like OG tree bark sweater. Oh, that's the good stuff. Yeah. Was. Yeah. So this was shit. 2016 or 17 when I was out there. Okay. Now that unit since has burned in 19. So I think it's going to be pretty good there this year if I have to go there. But I also know some other people in Colorado, like more in the center part of the state, a little bit yeah. taller kind. Of. So well, both when I went out, I didn't see any Amish killers. Although I, yeah, in my experience with Amish, the Amish, there's sometimes questionable hunting tactics that they'll they'll take uh you know especially in the, the night hunting or the nasty if you will jared the nasty. Uh, yeah but uh when i went elk hunting there it was i think 16 17 no something like that maybe but i didn't know anybody so i just went out without talking to anybody to to a unit near a a, a like an a, a guy that i knew growing up and just camped and i saw i got I actually saw a nice bear uh but that was There's about it so out there yeah it's crazy years actually maybe not but i was hoping one of these years they'd pull their heads out of their asses and do a spring season again i know because that'd be like the ultimate place to do a spring hunt it's freaking beautiful there the fishing's awesome in the spring yeah they haven't been hunted in 15 springs or whatever it's been now the population's ridiculous so. yeah their uh, their tags are like 100 bucks right i've actually never had a tag there i looked at it but actually the place that i was hunting was a draw tag for fall bear huh so okay i was down by like taylor meza okay yep so like next yeah. that i think it was but i don't know what it was for bear but i'm pretty sure it was like it was there was something weird about that unit where they had bear divided between archery and muzzleloader maybe i'm remembering it wrong but sure. for some reason i couldn't get a tag yeah yeah gotcha well, yeah. so that's my back. And if I don't, yeah, Montana. you have any, uh, you're going to so actually, before we get too far into this, we, this is Joe, Joe Griffin, the Joe Griffin, if, mm -hmm. if you've never heard of him before. Um, and we know Joe because he's local, uh, to West Michigan where we live. We've, I don't know, we've hung out a few times. Um, and you, you also do a lot of stuff with, with Huntwise too. So, uh, we had to have Joe on because I don't know. You always are, are fun to talk to. You've got good stories. You've been doing some fun, especially this year, some fun stuff, especially mm -hmm. that, uh, the hall road, the ice trucker, we'll call him ice trucker, Joe, uh, because he went on the, uh, the ice, the, what is it? Ice truckers. Is that mm -hmm. the name of the show? Ice road truckers, ice road truckers. He went up the road, um, drove up through the, the bowels of Alaska, killed him a, a caribou along the way. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that was a, super fun trip definitely the, one of the highlights of the year and well actually you know your, your real nickname should be rental van joe because i feel like is that like your go-to move now just renting u-hauls and yeah i mean i'm trying to think how many times i've done that so far this year alone it's it works great honestly i mean we got that one up there and it was a brand new silverado four-wheel drive with 1300 miles on it or something like that so <clears throat> and i think we had it was under a thousand dollars for 10 days and 4,200 miles or however many we put on it. So. Wow. Do you drive right all the way up to Prudhoe Bay? Prudhoe? 
Yeah. So basically we flew into Fairbanks and then we were not slotted to get our truck until the following day. Sure. When did this is like- what, right before the opener this what June or July, like 28. No. 29. So for, yeah. So it opens on August one for non-residents. Right. So we got in there. I forget the day, but it was like 48 hours prior to opening day. So sure. We had, uh, we got in at like nine, 10 o'clock at night to Fairbanks two days essentially prior stayed in some weird like, <laughs> hostel. Like, it was, we found out later it's like a motel but then right next door or not even next door like the trailer next to our little wooden box was like a halfway house for recovering meth addicts or something so sweet you know yeah, meth addicts in alaska need, ha- need halfway houses too they do yeah i'm not <laughs> they don't yeah what are you trying to say <laughs> just made sure our doors were locked at night this is a smart <laughs> but they're not yeah. so reasonable when they're on the meth you know, <laughs> some lady outside with like a one of those big monster energy cans with the twist off like cracking it open and then just smelling it sniffing it like that yeah. fresh <laughs> that fresh monster <laughs> man. whatever gets you going man Chris. that's her morning something was uh was off there it was kind of <laughs> bad, but anyway we stayed in that place and it was like 65 bucks a night and included breakfast the next morning which we didn't Heck attend yeah. and then uh also included a boat so well why not do you do any do you any fishing we do hours here there not there um so we fished once we got up there and uh in the sag river up in the arctic there a couple of those little like i don't even know what you call them lakes bogs they look did you, like they, I, did i see you caught a arctic grayling do i remember, do I remember yeah. that right that's cool yeah. that's yeah. cool but we didn't catch anything up in the Arctic. All the fish that we caught were after the hunt. Once we got back down on the Salter River, and then I forget what the other one was. Yeah, the best fishing we had was on the Salter by far. So, so cool. there was there was still some salmon running through there, and it was beautiful. That's I don't know why, but that's a like I don't have a lot of fish that I'm like I wish I I could ca- I have could catch that fish, but like a, a grayling would be high up there for me for some reason. Yeah, it was cool. Um, and I kind of had that initial thought too, but to be honest with you, it was kind of lackluster once I did it because <laughs> they're stupid. Like yeah, are they? they're, just, they're just not a smart fish. The one that I really wanted to get was, um, the Arctic char. Okay. In the fall when they run, they're like this kind of bluish purple, big blood red stripe across the bottom. And then these little pink dots everywhere. They just look like they're from another planet. Yeah. They call me the Arctic char. They've the never year. called you that once. That's never happened. <laughs> I usually get black and blue too, and just the yeah, pink not, spots all over. Those are just spots zits. all over it too. Not, it's not those a good. Zits. thing. He's got bad acne. I've got, I've got. I think I have the Arctic jar right now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys all sick too? Are oh, you? Yeah. No, I'm not sick. Are you sick? Uh, no, but Chase had COVID last week, and now he's got this. After the fact, he's tested negative now. Now he's got this wicked cough. So everybody seems to have a like. Who else? Would we, no, Mark. Mark's kid has a fever. Yeah, the yeah. kids are getting pounded. Our kids are getting. You know what? I'm feeling fine. It's and coming. isn't that all that really matters, Jared? <laughs> no, because you're like one of the sickest persons that I know. Are you kidding me? I don't. Every I don't year, think I've been sick in three years. <clears throat> That's a lie. Except when I had COVID for six weeks. Other than that, other than that six week stretch. Yeah, one bad six weeks. Well, that's cool. So you, um, you and Matt, we like Matt. Hunt wise, Matt uh always down for anything you you guys 
went up to Alaska and at, going in, I mean, you've done somewhat of these things before, um, but this is new. Uh, uh, this was a new trip. Were, did you have hesitations bringing someone else who hadn't gone rather than someone who's done it before? Or you, you were just like, I think I can figure it out. No. Um, honestly, I had kind of all the confidence in the world with Matt and whether yeah. that was right or wrong. We did a, a bear hunt together this spring and we had a, I think it was like just shy of a 14 mile day. And it was up and down, up and down, through a river, back over a river, shoot a bear, pack it out in one shot. And he was step for step. Yeah. So I had I had pretty good confidence in him. And honestly, he's just a smart dude. And like we get along super well. So it's not one of those things where it's like I've gone on hunts with guys like I, I can get along with pretty much anyone, but sure. I always kind of hit a point at some point during the week where I'm like, yeah, I can really just be alone for a little while now. Need, need a minute. Yeah. yeah. It really just hit you in the face. I get that with Jared like two hours in. I'm like, <laughs> I just need a break. You last two hours? Oh, dude. <clears throat> I'm like 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, shot. Yeah. yeah. No, I, Matt's the kind of guy, no one, no one doesn't like Matt. Right. Yeah. And he and I just, aside from getting along, like just with the film hunting stuff, we just kind of work well together. So yeah. I mean, we have a shitload of fun doing it. So, yeah, that's yeah. really what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, watching the, the you, if we're, we're referring to this hunt and, and you can listen to the rest of this podcast. And I hope you do, but you can also watch it. Um, this is a hunt wise film. Uh, it'll be on their you, yeah, YouTube page. Um, Joe, you've, you've shared it out a bunch and stuff. It's great. I mean, it is high quality and it like, I don't know. It just makes it look really fun. Like a really, really fun hunt. We had so much fun. And honestly, everyone that we talked to, like, because once you leave Fairbanks, you have, that's where your big journey starts. Right. That's, I think if you type it in on Google maps or whatever, it says it takes 13 hours and 52 minutes to drive up there. Yeah. You take 12 or it could take 24. You have sure. no idea. We got really lucky and it was like right at that 13 hour mark. But, um, once you get up there, you're like, you're driving through the boreal forests, you cross the Yukon river, you go over the Koyukuk, you drive along the Koyukuk for a long time. And it's just like dense timber on both sides, a little bit of mountain, a lot of big bogs, moose everywhere. Awesome. And then all of a sudden you just hit this wall and it's the Brooks range. And then you're huh. switch back on top of this thing, switch back and down the backside. And then it's just nothing. So it's wide open tundra. Like, yeah, I, I, what, what, what's like cool about this hunt and there, I mean, there's so many cool Alaska hunts, right? There's so many cool things you can do out there, but you see a lot of the state, like by just driving the road, like usually when you get dropped off, you see, you know, like a, a radius of like maybe 10 miles, 20 miles, if you, whatever. Yeah. Um, but this way it's like you drive, you see tons of different things along the way, which is pretty cool and pretty unique. Really the only thing that we didn't see, and we actually thought about doing this because we shot that caribou so early, was we didn't see any of the like south coastal <clears throat> stuff like the Kenai Peninsula or the Kodiak region, anything like that. Right. That'd be the only thing like that you're missing out on this. But to your point, the other option for doing like an Arctic caribou hunt is you fly into Fairbanks and then you take a puddle jumper somewhere else, hop on another little beaver or something like that and you're there so you'll see yeah. some cool stuff in the air for sure but you don't get to like drive through it and kind of digest it fully i think you got jared's attention when you said hopped on a beaver uh but we're gonna just leave that <laughs> right i'm just up. gonna leave that hanging out there and, and really not dive into that 
um, yeah. and, and maybe some things that are surrounding that, but no, that's, that's really cool. Um, and that, 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 uh, those puddle jumpers too are, I mean, that's, that's sweet. Cause you're seeing like you're, you're cruising over some, some cool landscape too, but I feel like driving as you're in it and you kind of yeah. get to anytime you want to step out and just see something you can, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. And we did that quite a bit where we come across something like, yeah, I know we're on a timeline, but pull over for a second. This is pretty cool. Yeah. And then we stopped a ton on the way back down. So like we've got Might all as well. Now. Let's go see it all. So we stopped so, in foot and yeah, it was cool. You you shot this because I want to talk about about that in a second. Cause but you you basically went out, um, you brought your bow, your gun, and you you had success early, uh really early, which is cool. Were you like was that cool or were you disappointed that it didn't last longer or how, how was that? Um definitely wasn't disappointed. Um I've, I've been on hunts like this, not like this, but other hunts where I've maybe not, maybe I don't want to say pass up opportunities because that doesn't really happen too often either, but I've, no, not for you. Yeah, no, not really. I respect that. I've about you. Yeah. I've appreciate the early <laughs> opportunities knowing that they might not come later. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, we did actually pass a couple of caribou. Um, when I say a couple, I mean, literally two but they were a like, literal couple yeah they were like this big yeah and we, you know, we knew that they were bulls because we got the glass out and saw the old twig and berries yeah so, yeah and uh one of them was literally the first five six hours a season we saw this really? one right next to the road and i'm like we're gonna stalk it and see i guess and then we got to it and it's like right on the other side of the berm of the road i'm like we can't have this end like this. You, do you get one tag? Yeah. So there's some units that you can get two tags. Like if you go to the unit east of, uh, yeah, east of us, yeah, you can shoot two. But there's no opportunity to hike in there, drive in there. Like you are chartering a flight no matter what. Yeah. And you can do a boat ride, can't you? Too. Isn't there? I saw somebody yeah. do that online. Yeah. So the Hall Road runs north and south and then the sag runs on the east side of the hall road and it's just like fingers of arctic river it's really weird to describe because some places it's like normal looking tight river Mm -hmm. and there's other times where it's two and a half miles wide and there's all these little peninsulas and benches and stuff in there and it's it's really weird and those change hourly based on the the height of the river right yeah and when we were there it was ripping that's why i think we didn't catch any fish is because it was just this kind of like milky blue color the whole time and just flowing like crazy. I don't think we had a heavy enough spoon to get down into that water column. Sure. That, that Arctic looking blue water. Yeah. And it's cold. Yeah. 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 I feel like the bluer, the lighter blue it is, the colder yeah. it is. <laughs> it was cold, cold, but there were, um, there is opportunity to drive up there. And then there's really only one guy that I know of. It's Dead Horse Outfitters. Yeah. Uh, it's Jeff and I can't remember the other guy's last name or the other guy's name for the life of me. But I talked to him quite a bit and he actually gave me quite a bit of insight to where he thought they would be on the other side of the river because he doesn't care about that anyway. Right. So, but it's 2500 bucks for them to bring you across the river. And that's... <laughs> whether it's 500 yards across the river or if he takes you 40 miles into the unit. Yeah. Well, you can pack in yourself, but you're taking your life into your hands a little bit there, right? 
like Yard. taking a raft across. I think you mentioned some guys didn't do so well going across. Yeah. So there was three guys that tried crossing it earlier. I think they're residents because it was prior to the, our season. So yeah. July, and three guys got caught in that current because it goes from like braided water to like 30 feet deep back to braided water. And three of them didn't make it, I guess. That's what one of the guys was telling us there. So, Sheesh. and there was also guys that were trying to find places to cross. And then this one guy that we talked to shot a caribou on our side of the river. He swam across the river, ate it to the other side, died on the other side. So he spent the next day cruising up and down the road, asking people for a raft to get across. He found one, but. Oh, really? He did? Yeah. Yeah. So there was, <laughs> there was quite a few guys that did bring like little sportsman warehouse dinghies out there. Bold. Yeah, but there, there were sections that I thought we could probably do it with that. Okay. After a beer or two? <laughs> yeah, well, that's everything. There's no, there's no freaking beer up there. It's like outlawed. Really? Yeah, they don't allow any alcohol near the oil fields up there. I mean, you could bring it up there as honor, but you're not going to buy it up there or anything. So. Right. But yeah, they're pretty strict on that because they're like, if someone's drunk and disorderly up here, there's things I mean, can go south fast in a lot of ways. Real fast. Yeah. <laughs> they can go so, south fast anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was super unique and there was, there's parts of it that I look back at it and I'm like, I would have done a couple of things different, but shooting that caribou. No. Yeah. One of them. No, I, I appreciate, I've always appreciated that about you. I mean, let fly and uh, you'll shoot a big one, but you'll, you know, I like that because uh, a lot of guys pass it up. And I, I passed, I did a lot more passing in the last probably handful of years than I probably should have. And lately it's just like, well, probably going to let fly. And, and it's been, it's just a lot more fun. I, I feel like when you do it that way and not think I, twice about it. It's not so much even the, the antler size thing for me. It's I've got a lofty goal of shooting all 29 big game animals. Now, sure. realistically, I really want to do the big 10 because right. I can do the big 10 outside of sheep by myself. Yeah. So when I saw him, I'm like, yeah, he's got kind of fronts. He's got kind of bezes. He's got two points hanging off his back. Boom. Yeah. Sounds good. So, but one other thing that I'll note on that is I don't think it's really any harder to shoot a big one than it is a little one up there. Right, because they're they're traveling through. It's not like they have their their core range and you know all that crap in there. No, there's definitely some that know where the no hunting zone is. Like when we drive into Prudhoe Bay, yeah, there were some literally under people's houses because their houses are up on stilts for like rising yep. or something. I don't know what, but everything is up on stilts and their air conditioner units go down. So when it gets hot and buggy, there was caribou underneath these people's houses. <laughs> they just don't care. Yeah. But, once they get out into the tundra, they care. <laughs> yeah, right. They have a different uh, different mentality. And you, you were mentioning to me that stalking caribou is a little different. Because if you watch the video, it's like, there's not like, it's not like you got even bushes. Many, like many things to hide behind when you're stalking up on these things. You're just walking out there, right? The only time where you really have any kind of breaks is if you're on the east side of the road, where the Sag river is, there's a little bit more like you could get down into the river banks and there's some cuts and stuff that you could kind of use to your advantage. And there's some little shrubby looking bushes, things, if you want to call that. But yeah, yeah one of the old guys we've met up there said, yeah, there's a pretty girl behind every tree up here. <laughs> not a big thing. Yeah. But they, they, 
they're hit or miss. So some of them, like I've heard they let you get within wolf range, which is yeah. like 90 or hundred yards without bugging out on you too hard. Um, we had some that definitely did that. And then we had some that were like, as soon as you look at them, they're gone. Yeah. So it's just kind of that specific animal and whether or not he's been bumped three or four. Right. Times. Shot at a few times. Yeah. We didn't really run into too many people. There was one other group that we saw that hiked way out past the rifle line with us. Um, that's, that's how long is that, that, that hike five miles. If you do it straight from the road, it's five, but it's never going to be five because there's so many lakes and stuff that you have to go around or like a big <laughs> wet spot. By the time it was said and done, we shot our caribou. I'm, I'm talking like 800 yards from the rifle line. Okay. But it was 9.8 miles pack out just okay. from jogging around shit. Yeah. So yeah. Which five, blows. five miles is the barrier, but it's almost like the only time where I could see it actually working out is if you're way down South, right at the start of the unit, like right past the Brooks range or ice cut. Yeah. That's a little bit more manageable. You could maybe make a five mile straight March in that, but even that it's like, it's drier walking but it's weird walking. It's these little balls of tussocks. And every time you step on one wrong, you roll your ankle at the side sure. of the whole thing shifts with you. So I don't know which one's worse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're equally sucky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you, you shot one, what day you said day one. I'm actually going to look at that picture. Cause I don't remember. Day one, day two, somewhere. Cause it, the reason it's hard for, for people listening is because the daylight lasts and it never like at that time of year, the days are, they kind of run together because there's very little darkness while you're out, out there. There's zero darkness in August. If you go all the way to the North, like if you are even on the other side of the brooks, you might have a little bit of like an hour or two of darkness. Sorry. My dog's bumping into my table. Um, That's right. James had his dog barking the other episode. Yeah. The other, he just started barking. I was like, great. Yeah. Can't turn him off when he does. You did kid. Okay. So technically it was August two at, 1158 was the next hour. <laughs> awesome. Right, that picture is at 1158. Yeah. So it was a midnight bowl. You get tired? You get like weird tired there out there with that? Um, yeah. Like when we got back from packing him out, when we got the first load out with him, I tried doing it in one shot and that just wasn't going to happen. But um, we got back at seven in the morning or something like that to our halfway point at our camp which was inside the archery corridor and me and matt slept until one o'clock in the afternoon like <laughs> babies it was I had no problem sleeping then but other than that yeah it's a little bit weird to like decide when do you go to bed yeah honestly that that midnight hour is or like 10 to 2 the sun goes down a little bit mm-hmm but it's always like, it'd be like prime time bow hunting here. Sure. Sure. Like five o'clock here right now, where it's like the sun goes down, you watch it go down, it hits the horizon. And then that thing comes right back up. Yeah. Bouncing. It's just bouncing. Yeah. So I kind of found that like that midday, unfortunately, when it was the brightest was kind of like the best time to sleep. Sure. But I could tell you when we slept because the whole trip was after we shot him was a complete blur. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so you uh, you shot him. How much? I mean, he's not as big as an elk. 
but he's a lot bigger than a deer. What, what's, what's the, what, what's the like pack out? How much you packing out at once? Just keep in mind that like, so their body sizes fluctuate a lot. Like you look at a year and a half old whitetail, he might be 110, 120 pounds yeah. kind of thing. And you can shoot a six-year-old that's going to be 250, 275 in some places. Yeah. With caribou, it can be like 250 to 550. I sure. Feel like. We saw some bulls that looked comparable to a small elk. I'd call mine like halfway between a big mule deer and a spike bull elk. Sure. So 300 pounds, 350 pounds, something yep. like that. But the pack out's unique because you take the ribs out whole, you take um, all the bone with you. Like you just, the, the way we did it anyways, we took all, all quarters, necros, back straps, the rib meat. And then I kept the hide because I had intentions of tanning this hide. And then yourself? Had, no. Okay. I've, I've tanned one hide myself and that was my first year 16 years ago. And that was it. Yeah. It's, I still have it. it. It didn't turn out bad, but for the 150 bucks, it costs to get it done. I'm just going to let it, someone that knows what they're doing, do it. No. So, and then the, the head, obviously you got to take out last, but yeah, the antlers are blood soaked in velvet still. So it's heavy, even if it's a smaller caribou and all the rain gear and just stuff we had camera gear. Yeah, it just makes for a heavy pack out. Matt was 100% in charge of all the camera gear. So I was 100% with the meat. So. Yeah, that's a good breakdown. Uh, yeah, with the um, with the ribs. Well, how do you, what do you do with your ribs? Like I, I, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like what's your rib move? So on his, I did a rib roll on one side and then I stripped it on the other side because where I hit him was kind of quartering towards it just blew him to bits on the offside. Sure. Yeah. I ELDX and that usually makes a pretty yeah. wicked hole on one side. Um, so a lot of it just goes to grind, but the sides that I did have that were good, we did like, uh, I cut them into like, it comes off in a blanket, right. And then yeah. cut them into strips and we did peppers, onions, cream cheese, and then strips of steak in there and then wrap it in that rib roll. It was pretty good. It's like a popper, just minus the bacon. So yeah, I, I've done I've wrote I've done like roasts with with the rib meat, like when you roll them and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um but like always like I always wonder like packing something out, you know, to take traveling with it. What 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 do you do? Uh, you know, because it's some especially for deer, it's just like not a lot of meat in there, you know. Yeah, there's nothing like I tried saving the rib meat with deer this year a couple of times. And I haven't yep. Like, why Me too. That's by the time you cut the tallow and stuff off, it's it's just not worth it. I like to say that you use everything, but the ribs are just literally not worth it. No, and, and if you, yeah, I agree. Yeah, unless you cut the ribs, I've done like I've made that work where you snip it by the spine and then you do like a roll that way uh, with the the bones in, um, and then you can get the meat to kind of come off. But it's it's a lot of messing around for not a lot of meat. Well, even that, like the corn fed deer we have around here, they have such that thick chalky layer of fat yes. on the, top of the ribs like I'll coat your mouth yeah it's terrible so i'll take the flank off it the only time that i actually keep the rib bones of white tails is if i'm going to do a tomahawk with it and that's sure. pretty fair i mean I oh, did that yeah because i've never fun. done that 
it's just kind of a pain in the ass way to cook a backstrap, I think. I mean, it yeah. looks cool. Like, if you're entertaining people or something like that, or you want to, like, have a barbecue or something outside, it looks cool. Yeah. Is there any benefit to doing it that way? I don't think so. No. no. I, well, if you really want to impress people, this is what Jared and I used to do. In college, we'd pick up chicks. We've talked about this before. We'd go hunting, and then, like, we'd shoot a deer and then invite girls, you know, up to the cottage, which I was not allowed to do at the time, and then feed them. But like at that time, we were very new into cutting up our own meat. So we just kind of were, there was no YouTube to figure it out or anything. So we were just, I remember we just had hey, don't, that thing. Don't, don't blanket me into that. I took a culinary <laughs> class. I knew how to butcher. You, I knew how to Jared, you, your one culinary class, it, you really are right in that one culinary class. I'm just saying. Hey, I haven't taken a culinary class of you. All I'm saying is this. Um, this was before the clearly never class. seen James's uh, knife skills. He almost cut me three times on Manitou. No people more. think I'm Edward Scissorhands <laughs> with when I'm wielding a knife. I almost just, cut your <laughs> Yeah, it's just like and you you blink and it's just like finely piled up meat. It's amazing. Actually, every single time I cut up a deer, I will slice my one of my fingers open. Mm-hmm. Yikes. So Here if I help. if I uh, if deer somehow transmit anything via blood, you know, I'm pretty screwed so <laughs> you, were, you were last time we were processing that deer you go yep yep i go what ah, i just got my knuckle yeah always <laughs> always because i'm always doing it's, this you know bleeder and i i skip the tips of my knuckles i don't know so yeah. i'm not as technically sound as you there jared i like to feel like i taught you how to process a deer oh my goodness i did i said look here are your cuts this is what you do and i've watched you try to mimic what i do Okay. It's just not wow. fun to watch, really. Yeah, I can. Uh, deep in here now, huh? Unreal. Unreal. The last time he shot a deer, he called me. He's like, uh, James, can you gut it for me? It kind of grosses me out to touch the guts. So I had to drive over there, gut his deer for him, drag it out. It's yeah. funny. You're welcome. Because one of the guys that owns our deer camp, and he'll, he'll do it himself, but he's been there 20 years. Every single time he guts a deer, he back cats up. Like, does, does he really? Yeah. I'll bring guys up there and be like, yeah, it's Tommy, one of the guys that owns our deer camp, and he's sitting over there gut pile. <laughs> yeah, every time. He won't he won't puke, but it sounds like a cat trying to get a fur <laughs> It's embarrassing. <laughs> I know. I've, I have one cousin. I remember I watched, he shot his first deer. I watched him walk up. I'm like, well, man, you got to gut it now. I don't know. That doesn't that doesn't really gross me out, but he I remember he does his first cut, and I, he turns his hands on his knees like, <laughs> <laughs> turning around to do it nothing came out but it was that same noise it's like yeah. everybody back up so um speaking of actually speaking of this uh you you cut you, you cut up your your caribou you do your thing you you spend the you know however many miles walking that thing back um how are you traveling with meat like that that's a that's a weird that's a how what do you do about that like traveling like traveling home yeah. like say uh, obviously you, you you put it in coolers when you're in your u-haul you drive it you know you can drive it around and you can just keep throwing ice on it keeping it cool but like you're flying across, like across the country and over canada to get a ton of meat home on an airplane like what, what's how do you do that that was the easiest part of the whole trip Honestly, really i've had such stupid good luck with traveling with even i flew back with that elk head intact on an airplane it's with, not with face on it just just the way that you see it there 100 okay. yeah so um but basically you feel like a badass in the air, airport when just walking around 
Sean, you deal dirt naps to, not to Bo- elk? <laughs> not Bozeman, because but they're used to that shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. is like, that's a decent one. Yeah. <laughs> sure, right. Cool to me, asshole. I yeah, idiot. <laughs> All I see here is forks. My fork, fork horn, white tail. Yeah, I flew back with a fork and horn this year and got a bunch of shit from TSA about that. That was funny. But <laughs> long story short, it's it's not that hard. Um, we got like the trick is to get those red Coleman coolers. They're like yep. fork because they meet all the size requirements. They're inside of that. They're lightweight and pack it full. The, the key is it has to be frozen. So when we left our last night or two nights we stayed at the golden north end i think it was called uh, yes yeah and they've got a freezer a couple freezers in their little side house there because of guys like you yeah exactly so like they they see this all the time and they'll put a whole freaking moose in there and wow. we put all of our meat that was all deboned cut up in bags in that and we actually had so much freezer space because it was so early in the year we put the whole damn cooler in there to get the cooler cold right so we take the cooler out pack it full of frozen meat duct tape it put it in as a checked item you sign a waiver saying they're not responsible if your meat spoils which i've never i flew back with my bear i flew back with my mule deer i flew back with uh we drove back with an elk this year flew back with caribou i've never once even had it remotely come close to spoiling. Yeah. Typically it's still frozen in the middle, just a teeny bit soft on the outside. If sure. Any. Which is fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So. I imagine your garage being full of bloody Coleman red and white coolers from all the trips. Cause you have to get a new one every time. Yeah. You can't fly. Like it doesn't make sense to fly there <laughs> with one, yeah. but bad luck. I made a count the other day and I've got 11. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I think that's a goodwill item. You can goodwill that. Like somebody needs a cooler yep. out there. If anybody needs a cooler if that's listening to this podcast, cooler, show up at my house. Come yeah, right in. We'll get you. Joe's got a cooler for you. you. Just it can take me to cross country if you need it. It's got my name sharpied all over it and what's inside. But other than that's that, right. It's perfect. So yeah, um, but it's not that hard. And your bloody backpack doesn't bother anybody in on the um so typically i take my pack and i i buy these you can get them at home depot it's like a big black tote with a yellow lid oh yeah i got two right now yeah Yeah. i'll put my pack flat in the bottom of that and then put all my gear on top of that and then zip tie that thing shut right at 52 pounds sure that's where it is so i don't typically fly with a bloody backpack um this year was a little bit different coming back from the most recent Montana hunt because I had that mule deer head and I couldn't get it to fit in anything. So I basically just boiled the skull, duct taped it so it didn't stink too bad. Yeah. Got all the brains out to make it legal, obviously. And then just paracorded it to my backpack because his frame fit perfectly over top of a backpack. So that's the only like super bloody thing that i've had in an airport that i can remember anyway so. that smell man i don't like that smell my back right <laughs> now smell from covid last year so <laughs> doesn't bother me i've got i'm gonna i shot a coyote probably a week and a half ago i saw that and i i carried him out and like i shot him in the heads so there's some brain matter you could say i don't want to get too graphic for the sensitive listeners 
but you've got it, it, I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> I, you never know these days, honestly. I don't know even where to begin with that. But um, I washed it, or at least I like I took some, you know, uh, hydrogen peroxide to it. I washed it out in the lake, swished it out in the lake, hydrogen peroxide it a little bit. That was really it. And I just threw it in the back of my car. So my car, like you go in there, it smells like old estrus, mm. uh, like weird, like that fatty blood smell. And then some of that, uh, that Dan, Dan Fitzgerald, uh, scent stuff here. Oh, What's it called? Beer dander? Beer dander. My car <laughs> oh, smells so dude. bad right now, man. <laughs> that truck probably smells just like a hunter. I appreciate you That's calling good. it a truck. I just want to take a moment to say that my Honda CRV qualifies as a truck now. Uh, and I pre- Jared has dubbed it. So no, uh, that's a good, I'll say it's a good yeah. truck. That's treated us well on a lot of hunts and gets good gas mileage. <laughs> Not a truck. <laughs> you called it a truck, man. No. Yeah. Damn it. You can go back but, and edit that out into saying van quack it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's cool. So you, um, you went out, you did it. So the other question I, and I brought it up earlier is you shoot it early. What'd you do with the rest of your time? You, you, would you say you had at least a week out there, right? Yeah. Real quick though, back to your point about the hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. 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 So we had a similar issue of caribou apparently, again, I can't smell anything, but apparently my, my stuff reeked like anything that touched that caribou just reeked. And really? I think it was, it was somewhat warmer out and I had the head on top of my pack with the straps over top of it. So that brain matter is just leaking on everything. Yeah. But I found the best thing to do for that is when you get back home, put it in the bathtub with borax, baking soda, and a teeny bit of hydrogen peroxide and your bath water turns black. You pull it out and it's clean. Really? Borax, but baking soda, hydrogen peroxide. That's it. Okay. I got to try it because I'm still using it and I feel like I'm just probably going to wait to the end of the end of the season before I actually wash it, you know? Oh, mine's angry uh, as hell right now, just because it's not quite at the end yet. But, but it kind of feels good. You get blood from a bunch of different animals on your pack. Like it's like, yeah. you know, mine's you feel... never going to be clean, clean, but hopefully not offensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly that's the line. <laughs> like I, like, I can barely smell, and I can smell that thing. Why can you barely smell? Because of COVID. Oh, I, you never got I it back. Still don't have it. Yeah, and it's been a really? year. Yeah. See, I I get the I got the, the I'm a lunger a COVID lunger. Like my lungs aren't right. I got pneumonia afterwards, but I can smell. So I I'm hacking. Like I'll, uh, my, my lungs ain't right yet, but ain't right. I forgot what your next question was. Um, Oh, what'd you do with the rest of your time? Like I, you know, again, people with you, we're going to, we're kind of like skipping around. There's a lot of detail on this video. So just watch it. It's awesome. You know, and you'll get a lot of more detail, but these are some questions that I had as I, as I watched it. Yeah. We've got another video that it's like an hour long that you can kind of treat as just informational. It's yeah. just me and Matt, but it goes through a lot of the details too. Um, but the rest of the week was basically, I mean, we had two solid days packing him out, getting our camp out, and then kind of reorganizing this hodgepodge. But past that, we actually went up into Prudhoe Bay, stayed a couple nights up there in a shipping container. Sweet. Hotel, Sweet. Which was actually pretty nice. Yeah. Like I was shocked at how nice these little shipping container shacks were. And it was like you paid to stay in one and it was three meals of food and you could take a grocery bag with you. Of oh, food. nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Actually really cool. Um, so we fished up there. Obviously, we got some drone footage and that yep. can't happen at all during the hunt. So all that drone footage was after the fact. So 
Matt had kind of a laundry list of footage to take. Um, that B-roll. Yeah, that B-roll. And we honestly, after that, we were just kind of like, we, we talked about getting Matt a tag because he, we had all this time. Yeah. So we looked into where we could get one and the closest place that we could potentially get one was a seven hour drive down to Coldfoot, but no one was at the Coldfoot station to answer the phone to tell you if they had a tag. Cause oh, it's not that's like a you, big risk to take too. Yeah. Cause you literally have to have this little metal band locking tag and then all the corresponding papers to go with it. So we can't just like go order a tag and be good. Yeah. So we also had a wolf tag. Um, I bought that last minute when we were in Fairbanks before we came up, it was 60 bucks. You should definitely have one if you go do it just cause you might see one. Yeah. And so we looked for wolves for a little bit. We fished, we just honestly just had fun. Just kind of took it all. We, we talked to a bunch of people just kind of hung out. So yeah. Learn the aerial. Did you drive all the way up into Prudhoe Bay? You said, yeah, multiple times. Cause that's all the only way up. Get fuel. Yeah. yeah. So you go up and you see the Arctic ocean and it's pretty cool. The guy that has, I want to see the Arctic ocean, man. That's sweet. That's the place to do it. So there's a, you can pay once you get up there. I think it was like 60 or hundred bucks or something like that. And they'll drive you like out to the furthest point by like the last rig where you can actually jump into the ocean and everything. Cause you can't really get to it, get to it unless you go through their property kind of thing. Sure. It, it's so weird. The whole yeah. situation is just strange up there. It's the Wild West out there, Jared. Mm-hmm. But it's a gentleman's game at the same time. It's a right? gentleman's game. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. So uh, you're going to you do anything like that again? I know you, you and I were talking a little bit about you hoping to get back to Alaska soon. Yeah, I'm definitely going back next year. Um, we're working through some details on that right now, so I don't even want to jinx it. But applications are due on the 15th, which is coming up quick. Saw that. So there's a couple of opportunities that we're looking at working on right now. So, but That's if awesome. none of those come through, then I'll probably go back up there and chase caribou again because it's just so freaking fun. Same but drive. I, I don't see why not. I mean, yeah. we didn't Worked go once. Well, that and like we didn't even see the the west side at all. Right. Like if I would have had a raft, that's fifty percent more of this unit I could have looked at where there was a ton of caribou that were yeah. just crossing the river away from being accessible and all the muskox were over there which would be super cool to see those i want to see a muskox you guys got i thought i saw a video on one of the videos you got kind of close to one didn't you yeah we were 80 yards from one but they're like that was just like one big straggler bowl that came across the river like yeah. it was nothing. but if you go like we were sitting there with the 15s glass and across and it was like there's a herd of 60 of them sweet it was so freaking cool there was fox everywhere these little weird marmot looking guys birds that i can't even describe it was yeah it was what other tags can you get caribou moose you can what else can you uh get over the counter there i know you can obviously put in for a ton of other stuff yeah so blacktail is a big opportunity there that's super cost friendly um a friend of mine ross graveling is actually hosting a hunt on prince wales island this year and it's 800 bucks a seat, which yeah, nothing cheaper on that. That's including a cabin, including food comes oh, with wow. a boat. Like it's, it's a wicked deal. The problem is it's September two to September 10. So it's just, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> for me, brother. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, moose is definitely, uh, an option. Um, all the predators, I mean, wolf, 
Wolverine is over the counter. Black Bear is yeah. over the counter. Really, Grizzly is over the counter. You just need to have a guide. Do you um, see any Black Bears out there? No, not a one. We saw mm-hmm. one Black Bear in Fairbanks downtown. Yeah, and then we right. saw Grizzly tracks close to where I killed mine. And on the drive back south of Coldfoot, we saw a sow and a cub grizzly. Cool. So no like scary encounters of any kind on this trip. So yeah, that's not I, bad. Oh, you kind of kind of want a little bit of a yeah. scary one. Yeah. I was 30 yards from one this spring in Montana, and that was that was enough for the year. Close enough. Yeah. You get next year for, for another one. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be plenty. So yeah. they'll be smelling that stanky backpack. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I definitely, uh, definitely wouldn't know it if that's what he came on. <laughs> so it was very, very possible. Matt, it, rem- get off it, me. it reminds me of yeah. a, a sponge. Have you guys ever watched SpongeBob SquarePants? No, James, we have no idea what that show is. I'm saying, okay, Jared, you don't have to be mean. Uh, there's an episode where he like starts losing all his friends. I don't remember the background of it. Like no one wants to talk to him. Every whenever he goes into a room, everybody leaves, and he starts to take it personally. And it turns out it was because he was eating like garlic, onion, and ketchup sandwiches or something like that. Yeah, I can I, just imagine yeah. Joe. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Sure Thank you. Similar to that, maybe worse. <laughs> but you'd have no idea. You're just walking around oblivious to it. Yeah, I could like smell that something was there. Like. If I walk into someone's house that's been cooking, I'd be like, oh, someone's been cooking here. I have no idea what, but I can tell that like there's a smell. Smells good. Yeah. Some, somebody making soup? Soup. <laughs> 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 yeah. oh, no, that's cool. But I highly recommend that trip to anyone that can scrounge up a week and 2800 bucks. So. I think I want to, I'm going to Alaska. We've talked about it a bit, Joe and I. And so uh, this is one that's very intriguing because I'm looking at the flying option, just a little pricier. Um, and it's or, booked out so dang far. Like it's almost impossible to find a reputable pilot right now because I mean, their non-resident grizzly season got shut down for yeah. spring and summer because of the COVID. So all that got backlogged. Prices went up. Yeah. It's just tough. So, yeah, we're. If you're thinking about flying, I would book it now. Yeah. So get creative. I mean, what you've done and what a lot of people have had to do with hunting, especially with Canada being closed down and stuff, <clears throat> is, is just getting really creative with your like how, how you get there. Because, like you said, um, all outfitters were really slammed this year. Um, at least I had a hard time uh, getting anything going. Um, and Canada was done and all that stuff. So you got, you got it. We got creative. We went to that Island this year. Um, and, and you That's drove hard. out and yeah, you just kind of find fun ways to, you know, find different kind of adventure, which is still, I mean, a lot of times that's more fun because you figure it out yourself. It's just a whole different kind of adventure. I actually yeah. went to that Island when I was like 10 or 12 years old, we did like yeah. a trip through our church. And the only thing that I can remember about it is the lake in the middle where you guys referenced in your podcast. Yeah only catching perch like this big <laughs> and we were like kind of planning on eating fish and we yeah. had spam for backup so we really <laughs> ate spam for three days and it rained every day and on the last day on the hike out a guy pooped his pants because he was afraid <laughs> i was gonna say you go hard at spam you're gonna have a bad time spam's oh, you know, gonna come hard at you 
yeah so the whole ferry ride back this poor kid sitting in the corner away from everyone with shit filled pants and- <laughs> <laughs> I, I just remember i don't i think this might have been with you jared this was in college and i guess you could say we had a long night out i did not we, shit my pants no no i'm not gonna say that no, no. and then jared no uh what we did was we got we were of course you, you get hungry at the end of you know long nights out with with your friends at, at that age and we came back and i ate a ton of spam <laughs> and uh i remember i was sick for like i felt sick for like two days i was spam i was like play-doh was just sitting in this region here so no we had we had a good time on the island uh they had a, like we had a good time there's a lot of people that do the general hunt oh, yeah. yeah they showed up early and they all had a plan they, <laughs> they all showed up it. and then they showed up yeah. yeah like right when we we left when another group of people were coming in and they were like there were a lot of people showing up. Lots. Captain Jimmy was busy. Yeah, he was. Wow. So big deer they get killed up there really, or is it? Yeah. There's. I, I mean, it's like um, Antelope Island in Utah, where it's just a bunch of inbred deer. Right. That's what I wondered. <clears throat> I think it's big enough where they don't seem to have problems with it. Now, you say, do they have any big there? Big deer there? You did see that I shot a deer. So are you? What are you saying? Like, what are you saying? You know. <laughs> I think he's saying something. I think we all know what he's saying. You're extremely respectable deer that I would have killed 10 times over. Right. (laughs) I was jacked. Do you you see the deer that I shot the other day? That was a five point, sir. Respect, man. You know what? And I broke one of his antlers on accident. Did you really? Yeah. He freaking, I shot him and this asshole runs across the river, heart shot. Yeah. So I crossed the river to go get him 20 yards, tracking him on that bank. He crosses the river again. Guy's making it up this 10 foot steep bank, dies, falls back in the river, floats downstream a few hundred yards and ends up in a log jam. So I went swimming to get that. No, yes. really? Yes. So out of the log jam as I'm treading water, pop, I break an antler. Yes. Jeez, dude. They, so now I've, lost, <laughs> I've lost them in the river, but never, never like that bad where they just kind of, it's never like a flowing river. It's just like, they're just dead in some standing water, you know? This one typically isn't flowing, but I don't know if it was, and I just got home from Ohio or I was somewhere. Yeah. All the rivers were like up. So I don't know if the snow melted and we got some rain or what sure. happened, but the rivers were definitely up. Was that what you got? was a trad bow kill. That was the first respect. Time. Well, no. So I shot a buck last year that shed his antlers already with a trad bow. And I oh, knew, really? And I knew he was shed and I didn't care. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So what was funny is I saw him like end of November and I was hunting with the recurve and I'm like, that thing just looks weird. And he was yeah. shed already in November. So I don't know if he was hurt or what Something was wrong with it, but I missed him with a trad bow then. And then he came in like around this time of year and I'm like, well, I shot at him once. I'll do it again. I know so- it, you should stay consistent. And, and you did. And that's again, like I say, like of all the people, like, tons of respect for you because i'll have other guys that i regularly talk to that are passing deer that i would be like that's the biggest deer i ever shot in my life and, and they're like no it's not yeah but where i get all fired up is when they start telling other people what to shoot i mean i like to shoot big deer just like of course deer. right yeah. but yeah and i you have some on you like i've got some big deer jared you got some you have some big deer but i also have some medium-sized deer and uh that's my sweet spot you know <laughs> i've got a quiver full of fives i don't care that's but. right yeah, that's right no and I, I like i was telling jared on the way out sometimes 
like my favorite part of shooting a deer is like, well, see that deer right there. And then you have like some crazy story, how you get it. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's what people really, when you, somebody comes over, I always think of this scenario in my head when I'm thinking through this, like, I mean, they're a lot of times they're impressed by if it's like a giant deer, but like a, the better times, like, see that deer. Now you wouldn't believe what I did to get that deer. And then you tell a, an awesome story about it. Yeah. yeah. Like you telling about cracking that antler off, like this deer, you wouldn't believe, you know, people <laughs> love that kind of, and I love to tell it. So any, anything that like, if it gets my heart going and it makes me smile, makes me happy that I'm there, I'm going to kill it. Like, yeah. I don't You're, care where it is or what it is. Yeah. You know Just, what? And the, the words of the great Dan Fitzgerald, mm. if it fills, what is it? Put, put backstrap in the pan and it's legal. You know, that's, that's really all you need. So uh, that's what I, I like that. I appreciate that you do that for sure. Um, and you're getting a lot. I'm guessing you always have a full freezer because of it. We got three of them right now. Boom. But even like th- there are times like I've got permission from a friend on a piece in Ohio. I'm slightly more selective there. Sure. Not a ton. <clears throat> or like when I go down to Kentucky with the Hunt Wise guys. Yeah. Very much more selective there because it's it's a different atmosphere. It's a respect of someone else's rule kind of thing. Yeah. But I mean, other than that, if it's my own free will, I'm shooting. Yeah. Especially in public land and especially in Michigan, yeah. it's legal. <laughs> gonna have a hard time passing it up 100 well cool man hey um this is the time of the episode where i say you know for people thanks for coming on for people who want to <laughs> you know find you like where can they go and so that's what we're doing right now that's where we're, that's where we're headed with this <laughs> closing okay. marks. right so um where can people watch this, this hunting video um it's on Huntwise's youtube channel it's called average joe um i think it's been out there for a little over two months now yeah yeah we've got uh our bear spring bear montana film that'll be posted sometime prior to spring bear season um yeah most of my stuff is on their channel so yeah it's all good it's fun you're you you're uh you you are there's a lot of videos you doing tips and stuff on there too which um it's good stuff so we appreciate you coming on sharing some stories and obviously we'll have to do it again yeah for sure you guys uh anything big planned for next year at all i know you guys are looking for idaho tags but I was, yeah, you and the untamed, uh, Josh, uh, we're looking, I'm looking at Alaska. I want to go to Alaska. So I don't know what it, what that means. Um, and if that doesn't work, maybe, maybe elk. So there is OTC opportunity for moose in Alaska too. I know you were looking at moose stuff. I really was. Yeah. That's there. I'd go do a moose hunt with the gym. Would you? Yeah. Should we do a moose hunt? Joe, you want to come on a moose hunt with us? Maybe I can. Yeah. I don't know. Hey man. I think we make it a three for a look. I mean, I've seen <laughs> and let's Matt. three-way this situation. And Matt. You know? Yeah. And Matt, obviously Matt. Um, yeah, I don't know. So it, it, I, we always have like a million plans right now, you know, and then it, they, it, it sorts itself out by the time mm-hmm. we leave. Actually, even going to the Island, we almost didn't, we, we were like getting in the car, either going to go to Wisconsin or go up yeah. to the Island this year, depending <laughs> on, was it weather? Weather. Yeah. <clears throat> if it was going to rain or it was, for a while they said it might just rain all week and like i'm not just sitting around inside a tent the whole time so i really didn't feel like getting stuck on the island jared you were very concerned about that he brought it up a lot yeah it's it's an ugly it can be ugly in that channel in there so i wasn't really scared but jared was pretty scared about it (laughs) it's a lie (laughs) he was freaked out leave it at that was the night when he got some heavy winds yeah, he, 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 he doesn't the same tent at all. 
Yeah, he whenever the winds come, he's he like inches closer to me in the TP, and then I have to try to inch away. Like oh, so it was a TP. You guys were on the same time. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we always it's body heat, you know, and plus Jared doesn't like to sleep alone. He gets scared oh. of the dark. You ever zip them bags together or what? I mean, if you gotta do it's it, you cold gotta enough, do it again. You gotta cold, do what man. you gotta do. Fair enough. I'm not joking. body heat. Just simple questions is all. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You gotta you gotta let you gotta go in with a plan. If you're doing a <laughs> zip to zip situation now, I've in reality never been there, but I would imagine if you're, if you're doing that, you got to go in with a plan before you start zipping things together. And, you know, I can imagine a, a situation could go sour if someone goes, Hey man, can, can my zipper zip on that one? <laughs> yeah. If, if Jared starts asking me that the problem is I porky pig when I go to sleep and I might be the only one, but uh, you know, I'm a, a bit of a porky pigger. So and if anybody wants to know what that means, it's basically only wearing a shirt, no pants. <laughs> he did not. He did not do that in the TV. I didn't. No, <laughs> and I don't sleep that way. I'm not an animal. I said. <laughs> I said before we start going on this trip, there will be no porky pigging. <laughs> was that? Was it? <laughs> porky pigging is not in play. Nope. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh. Anyways, well, Joe, I appreciate you coming on and. Uh, We'll have to, um, let's make a plan sometime, do something together. Let's do it. That'd be fun. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll uh, see you again next week. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go on to any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe. You know, it really helps us out. Keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five-star review. Either way, even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like it, five stars. Helps everyone out. We'll see you out there.